Hi, thanks for joining us. Um, we are the ICAST. Um, probably wondering what that is. Uh, well, ICE stands, it's an acronym. It stands for I Know Everything. Everybody has an opinion. We are opinion-based um, podcast with obviously fact checkers involved. And um, anything goes in terms of topic. One of the reasons why we had decided we were wanting to do this was because we're all indoors dealing with a pandemic the cast members are going to be fluid. Uh, with me is Chris for the first inaugural um, podcast. And, <laughs> and um, our, what we want to do is we want to open up as a forum for any type of discussion. It is going to be the topic of the day or topic of the week, whatever is pressing. So um, Chris, if you want to uh, you know, okay. give a little bit of info about yourself. Uh, sure, uh, I'm a recent law graduate, and uh, more than anything, I've always listened to podcasts, and I felt this was a good thing. Some of it's going to be political, but most of it's just going to be entertainment. Um, uh, and I think this this week, I think in particular, is going to focus on bringing us up to speed. You know, just how did we get here in this position? Um, don't want to give out general dates, but this is April in the midst of what is it four months of, of pandemic right and so let, let's 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 find yeah. out how did we get here and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some dates off to you right and i want you to give your opinion of, okay. of like okay this is what happened i'm gonna tell you the date i'm gonna tell you what what pertinent information is attached to it and you can see like i just want to get your honest reaction to it right Sure. Um, Chris, before you do that, what I was thinking was we should probably let everybody know that um, our podcast or our cast is global in that we're located uh, in Canada, in the U.S., and uh, we'll even have uh, some folks from the U.K. buzzing in every now and then. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into it. Hit me with some dates. How would, right, how did we so get let's, here? All right. Don't worry about all of 2019. 2019, we get. We know it <laughs> wasn't that great right. in general, but 2020 was supposed to be the best. Let's start with Ju January 3rd, 2020. All right. Trump learns about COVID-19 from his officials. All right. So ostensibly the most powerful person on the planet learns about COVID-19 on January 3rd. Do you think that's up to debate or... Uh, I, no, I don't think it's up to debate. I, I think there's enough documentation out there that that's when uh, alerts were coming in um, or that's when it was at, hitting that there may be something coming down the pipeline. Okay. So I'm going to throw out a couple more dates. From January 3rd, so the 3rd he learns about this, from the 3rd all the way up to January 18th. Do you know what Trump did as a step to, to mitigate this issue? As far as I know, nothing. Um, everything was downplayed. There was no problems, no issues. There was nothing. All right, well, you got it. If this was a game show, you'd make the money. But here it is. So from the third, he holds a rally in Miami. He then plays golf for two days on the fourth and fifth. He then holds another rally on the 9th in Toledo, another rally in Milwaukee on the 14th. On the 18th, he plays golf. So from the 3rd to the 18th, in that 15-day time period, he has hold, held 
what is that, three rallies and played golf another three times. Right. All right. That's fine. Believe that. Nothing has happened. All right. What happens on the 18th, same day that he's playing golf? All right. He gets uh, a notice from his health and human services uh, uh, secretary, Alex Azar, recommending to take the virus seriously. What does Trump talk about on that day? It's not the virus. It's, it's he talks about the issues on e-cigarettes. Okay. What do you think he does the next day out? Still tuning in. <laughs> I'm going to say he went golfing. Because <laughs> <laughs> held a rally. Exactly. Those are the two things that he's he does best. Exactly, yes. Right after he, he talks about e-cigarettes, the next day he decides to go you know, golfing. Okay. What happened? And that was the 19th when he goes golfing again, right after, you know, his health secretary tells him about this issue. All right. What happens after he decides to go golfing? I'm going to say there's a rally. Okay. No, thankfully, no. Thankfully, no. It only gets. No. Uh, the first confirmed case happens in the U.S. on the 20th of January. Okay. So we're already at this point where there's cases around the world, right? Yeah. The first one happens on the 20th, right? And then on the 22nd, he pretty much says that there's no worries about a pandemic at this point. You know, that they have right. under control. It's all going to be fine. And that was on the 22nd. A day later, China goes on lockdown. <laughs> all right? A day after that, the global total goes over to a thousand cases i want you to know so january 24th it's at a thousand cases we're almost on the 24th of april what is the total mm-hmm. count now i think um what i checked earlier today was like a little over forty-six thousand, but that number most likely has changed because it changes so rapidly Forty-six thousand deaths you mean Yes, 46,000 deaths. In terms of confirmed cases, we're at something like 150,000. And this is just the U.S. Um, that, and, and again, that's what I saw. I'm sorry? Sorry, you said confirmed cases. All right, we're, I'm jumping around here, but it was 1,000 cases confirmed in the 24th. It's almost 2 million confirmed cases. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I misinterpreted. I thought you were asking me what, what are we currently at? As of the 24th of April. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's or the like 22nd 2. of April. Yeah, it's like 2.4 million. And that's like a yeah. couple, almost like three months after. From 1,000 cases to 2 million in within three months, right? A day after yeah. this 1,000 case, you know, crossing, Trump's like, it's all going to work out very well, right? Right. So um, if I can, Chris, this is, this is, worldwide right it's not we're not looking in the u.s in january in january globally was it was only declared a thousand yeah remember okay i want to make sure that we're clear yeah chinese are are about how many cases they had they were very mum oh yeah (laughs) we're not getting the right numbers there exactly so it may be a u.s centric sort of conversation but to be very fair the u.s is now the highest uh, place with confirmed cases, right? Mm-hmm. Any yep. steps forward are really going to have to take the U.S. in mind, not just yep. China or Italy or 
or whoever was top dog at the moment when all this infection was going rampant. Now, yeah. any steps forward have to take into consideration the United States. Okay. Right. And here in the U.S., we, you know, we were being told that there was no issues. Unless you were following the news and seeing something's, something's happening and you're getting concerned. But the official word was, um, we're going to come out of it unscathed. There's nothing. Everything's under control. It's a nothing burger. Absolutely. And that follows with Trump's statement on January 31st. Only five people in the U.S., it's all, all in good recovery. That was his, you know, poor syntax sentence out there. But nevertheless, it's all going to be fine. On the 31st, yeah. only five cases, it's all going to be fine. Don't worry about, you know, how the global cases jumped up to 10,000 in those couple of days, right? Don't worry about any of that. Yeah. On February 1st, all right, what does Trump do? He starts playing some more golf. I'm going to start talking about every time Trump decides to play golf because it's going to be a lot, but know that he played golf a lot more than he did, what did talking about this issue. Right? Global deaths at February yeah. 10th go over a thousand. Right? He starts doing more rallies, more golf. Right? Yep. Right? A, a key yep. moment in his thing was when he said on February 25th where down to 15 cases, we'll be at zero soon. An important moment. February 25th, we'll be at zero soon. Right? right. On February 29th, the first American dies. Now, there is some contention to that. Do you have more information? I do. So, I yesterday, um, it was out of Santa Clara, California. Um, they, they had um, run tests some tests and it's, it seems it appears that the, the first COVID death related death was actually February 6th rather than the end of February as is being as was being and that means that mm-hmm. while everybody was down while you know the administration was downplaying the the extent um, we were already you know, being impacted by COVID-19. All right. So there is some contention that there is this issue of deaths occurring prior to, you know, confirmations perhaps could have been earlier. Just while all this, you know, fussing around by Trump and his administration, there was actual still infection going on. We, you know, these official dates, they're, they're kind of fluid at this point because the more information we get, the more we realize, Right. March 19th, it goes up to 10,000 deaths, right? And then on the 13th earlier, he decides to declare uh, uh, a national emergency. Fine. It's it's about, you know, a month late. Yeah, but I think that he was, I think the national emergency was declared because really, um, you know, the Northeast was... um, was suffering they were getting hit hard and you know the states were taking had to take actions into their own hands and um he didn't have a choice at that point other than to declare it because we we've exceeded what would be normal uh right i I mean i think there we'll have to take a look at the stats and that might be for another podcast but i believe there's been more deaths american deaths due to the pandemic 
than what had happened in the Second World War. American, not globally, but just American. U.S. citizens. I wonder. I wonder. Um, Yeah. And that was pretty much something very similar. Just a lot of talking, a lot of doing nothing. There's one very clear statement that sort of gets it to me entirely about Trump's Mm -hmm. response to the whole issue, right? Always downplaying it as the time has gone by. Hearing about it in the beginning of January, right? But downplaying it considerably. On March 13th, after he declared a national emergency, Trump said, no, I don't take any responsibility at all. Yeah. And like That was there, a big moment. I agree. I go like, From there, that's the moment I go, like, all right, well, the president of the United States has already said, I can't do anything about this. Right? Pretty much given up. Not, it's not on me. Right? Anything that happens from here on out is not on him. And to be very fair, it isn't. He didn't do anything either ways to help it <laughs> or, 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 or hurt it. Yeah, but this is where I have to disagree because as as a head of state, as leader of the country, it is your responsibility, okay? Um, even, even with the states, you know, states' rights, I, I mean, there has to be a national process so that it is you know, all of the steps are applied across the board and um, you tackle it just not on one front line, right? Everybody, uh, each state is a, it's a cog in the, in the machine. You have to make sure that they're all taken care of and they're following the same process and procedures because if one of them or two of them don't, it's going to impact the rest of the wheel. Oh, absolutely. And New York exploding is a perfect example of this. All right. Uh, and so let's let's go to a truly shocking thing. Let's let let's show the level of ramping up this thing has gone down to April second. My 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 final little date here for the important stats. Right. Nine hundred and thirty-five thousand people infected, and forty-seven thousand deaths reported. Global. Yeah. Twenty days later, we're at over two million right? Yeah. Infected, right? A little under 200,000 dead. Everywhere has shown an explosion, right? Right. Borders have been shut down in many different places. Essential travel shut down. People are being stranded in different countries. All from from the very beginning. We heard about coronavirus in 2019, but in 2020, when there's actual evidence, when it began, when it truly started spreading, in those three months that led to this moment, right? Three, four yeah. months, we'll call it. We're now at 2 million infected. This is the greatest pandemic in over a hundred, in, in about a hundred years. In the last 20 years, nothing has reached this level of infectivity or death, not SARS, West Nile, H1N1. No, right. you're right. I, I mean, there, there's been, those outbreaks, uh, they had been able to control them. Exactly. Um, Ebola outbreak. Part of it, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but a large part of it is because there were um, procedures or a template of how do you respond um, that helped.
those administrations, they learned from previous outbreaks and built a roadmap of what needs to get done just in preparedness. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that if we can, there's a lot of things that the, that the current administration has difficulties with, problems with, and it's just straight out, you know, bad at. But one of them is cooperation. Right? They right. don't cooperate with legislators. They don't cooperate with other nations. Right? They don't, the, the Trump administration does not cooperate with anyone. Yeah. And because of that, we can see very directly that a whole bunch of stuff has been not carried through in an appropriate way. Right? A major story that shows this lack of cooperation to me is the 3M mask makers, you know, the company 3M. Yeah. And they're building a, they're making a uh, M95 mask, right? They're manufacturing these masks. And then, of course, they're being seized by the government as they're on tarmacs to go to other nations. Right? Other nations that have paid for it, that have waited for it, and all that sort of thing. Like, there's that level of cooperation. These are ally nations. I believe France and Canada were, were, were two nations that their supplies were seized on the tarmac. Yeah, and I have to say that 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 news is not that's not getting out here. No, I don't think anybody's aware of that happening here. Yeah. Now there are some cynical people who would argue, "Oh, but it's ours. We need it, right?" Right. That's that's fair. I mean, you know, they could have been requisitioned and in a million other things. That being said, everyone else kind of needs needs it as well. And it's not like they didn't pay for it. It's not like, you know, they're not made with, you know, materials that are not found in the United States, the cooperation of which allows the trade for those materials and fibers to be, you know, used to, to create these N95 masks. But that there it is. That's like fundamentally what's wrong right now. Everyone is now just grabbing everything that they can, this administration in particular. And maybe it's shown something that we need to do because... It's fair to say we've been reliant on China for a while. Yeah. Technology, just cheap goods and all that. Right? We're reliant on, you know, trade with other partners for every other thing that we need. Mm -hmm. Now that the borders are closed, now that all this stuff is happening, self-reliance is going to become like the new key phrase. Right? It's strange that this isolationism that we're in right now because of this virus might stay afterwards. And I think that should lead us into our next subject, which is where do we go from here? Right? Well, yeah, it, it does. And um, I'm of the opinion that you can't be 100% isolationistic. Okay. Um, you, you need to have the interaction. I mean, all of our medical researchers you know the the centers for disease control in all of the different countries whatever their names are in each of those countries i i'm sure you know with with the research we'd be able to pull together a list um they there needs to be a cooperation among them among, among the pharmaceuticals because we do need to have a vaccine and the only way um we're as a society as a as humanity is going to overcome is is going to be through cooperation 
That being said, I do think that there has to be some level of self-reliance. We have become overly dependent on certain nations because the cost of manufacturing and production is so low. But uh, that's also shown us, this, this pandemic has shown us, we're at the mercy of them, right? Uh, I mean, they're, they're charging triple, quadruple the, uh, you know, the, the pricing of what used to be, uh, i.e. masks, $2. There's companies that are outside, overseas, you know, Chinese companies, manufacturers that are charging triple that six, seven, eight dollars a mask. That's insane. And that me that also shows us that you know what? We have allowed that to happen. I think we need to take control back. And that means we need to bring certain things, um, certain percentage, maybe not a hundred percent, but at least I would say one third needs to be brought back within your borders because then you have control over what is available. Now, I think in the context of the U.S., that's a scary proposition. Because everyone talks about, you know, the jobs are being taken away. They're going to these other countries, mm-hmm. you know. We're losing manufacturing. We're losing, you know, what makes America what it is, right? But how do you do that? You could, you know, just make it very clear that people who, you know, take jobs, like do the Trump method, people who take jobs out of the, the U.S. will lose their favored status, right? But have we seen any of that in action under his administration? Maybe you would know more about that. No, I don't think um, I don't think any of the the trade embargoes or tariffs that have been implemented have necessarily helped um, the the businesses, you know, the manufacturers here. Uh, you know, steel is a, a perfect example. Um, that hasn't helped uh, those that use steel. There, it's becoming more cost prohibitive for them to do that manufacturing because, you know, it's coming um, raw materials are going to China. It gets, um, it gets, you know, produced there and then sent to the U.S. Well, it becomes a be- with it being going through that process, manufacturing process, it becomes Chinese goods that are going to be subject to tariffs, and that impacts the the steel manufacturers here so i get it i mean I, yeah. there has to be a solution um, my my whole thing is we can't 100 percent rely on another country and i'm you know when i say we i'm not just on the u.s i'm talking canada i'm talking uk i'm talking you know france i mean there's got to be some levels of production we're just letting too much go and uh you know, and we're dealing with, in my opinion, a bad, bad actor because they could have prevented this. You know, it came out of China. It could have been prevented or could have been mitigated or minimized if they had given enough notice, right? I mean, that's how they were able to do with right. SARS and, and, you know, even MERS. I mean, why were they able to control it? Because there is enough information in a timely manner that would allow them to to be able to step it up, right? Uh, and that just isn't, did not happen because the incubation period was so so long. 
So people went around saying, oh, you know, nothing's wrong. Every business as usual when they could have been carrier. And we've all seen the models of how one person can infect, you know, like 150,000. Just one person. So, okay, and so that brings me to the yeah. other thing, China. China now, all right, we're in this future segment. What what happens next, right? You know, vaccine is created, right? Everyone is okay. They were able to, you know, not, you know, hit this thing and, and kill it like, you know, smallpox. Just make sure it's gone forever. Now, what happens to China? As Trump likes to call this the Chinese virus and as far as I agree, that's what you do. You call viruses based on... Right. You know, I location. agree so, with you as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but that is one thing I did agree on. <laughs> I would say I agree. I disagree on 99.99% of his stuff, but that I agree on. You name it based on the location, and I don't think it's racist. It's not. It's, it's a virus that came out of China. If you want to call it the Wuhan virus, maybe that would be better. But nomenclature aside, yeah. China. This virus was, you know, was not, I wouldn't say created, but this virus, you know, spawned itself within China because of, there could be a million different things. It could be that the wet market issue, which there is a lot of talk on. It could be just poor hygiene practices. It could be, you know, bad meat and cross-contamination between, you know, indigenous species being forced out of habitats and then into large factory farms. Any one of those things could have caused it. But the point being is China has crippled the planet as it yeah. is right now. What happens to them after this is all over? Because this is a Chernobyl-level huge problem created by incompetence and then lying about the scale of this issue. When you have doctors being censured as rumor mongers, as they're called, within China, because they're noticing a SARS-like virus appear, and then they're being censured on this, what do we do with, with a nation like this? The Soviet Union did this in Chernobyl, and we have something similar going on right now. Incompetence to 11, and just bad faith on information. What do we do with China from here? Do you have any ideas? Well, uh, I think there there definitely has to be a reckoning. Investigations have to be done. Uh, although you have to uh, understand that we're dealing, you know, if they weren't transparent with the issue to begin with, are they really going to be transparent or give us information um, after the fact? I don't think so. But how you can hurt, <laughs> if you know, for lack of a better word, is is really economics, right? You hurt them with money because that seems to be the only thing that that Chinese administration, you know, the Chinese administration seems to understand. I, I think we need to be, you know, clear. There's there's those there's the people in power, and then there's you know. There's the the regular citizen, right, who's doing the day to day grind. I think the people in power they need to be held accountable because this, you know, so, too many lives have been lost, and we don't even 
No, I, I mean, there is an, we don't even know what economic tsunami is headed our way. This is true. Meanwhile, everyone else is in a, a stranglehold. The world is essentially crippled. Yeah. And I guess it's the waiting game now. But this has really shown a lot of things, right? Like, especially, you know, in, in the United States. I love it whenever there's a crisis and the gun sale starts going up, right? People who buy a million rounds of ammo, but no food. Right. <laughs> and then toilet paper thing. Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I can't explain that. That's just, um, yeah, I don't know. But I think we're going to see more and more dis so, disruptions in the supply chain. Right? And, absolutely. yeah. But so, yeah. So, for the long-term future, the issues of what happens to China, the issues of when this vaccine is made and even a small thing, how many people are going to refuse it just as because it's a vaccine? How many anti-vaxxers out there are going to refuse this thing? And then in the more immediate future, the future, the supply chain. Right now, things have been going fairly well. But what happens when large segments of the supply chain just fall apart? Oil has come crashing down and then sort of stabilized, but not really. In the immediate future, the economics of it all, how is it all going to work? And I think that should be a conversation for a later date. Let's try to go on okay. something a little bit later now. <laughs> All right. All right. In terms of lighter, right now, the only thing that can get you through this is mind-numbing your brain by watching. Where am I watching? Oh, my gosh. I... I don't even... What am I watching? Uh, so, I... You know, we're about six, seven episodes into Westworld. So I finally started watching that. And um, I I don't even, I have to watch the first episode of all over again, because um, there's just too much like familial, <laughs> la familia um, drama going on. <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. Um, so that Westworld is one that um, that um, I, I'm definitely um, doing it. I, you know, there's a there's a 19, I think early 2000 um, BBC show or a British show called Apparitions, which I thought it was just one season, six episodes, but it was interesting. It was about a, a Catholic priest that did exorcisms. Um, so I, I thought that was good. I like British shows and I thought it was good. <laughs> I watched that on uh, where, where, Amazon where Prime. Where did you watch that? Where is it available? Yeah, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime has this, okay. Right now Hulu. Yeah, right now on Hulu, similar to something like uh Westworld, and Westworld and oddly enough, uh this show in question called okay. Debs uh on Hulu. Both these shows deal with, you know, China the rise of, oh, really? uh, of okay. China in different ways. And you know, small background yeah, that, that detail, you know, there's this one great scene in the show Debs which I would recommend to sort of get your minds off it. Limited series, uh, very techno-thriller-ish, made, um, made by the people behind the movie Ex Machina, okay. Annihilation, that sort of thing. And 
similar to Westworld, they, you know, they, there's this one amazing scene where you have a person just detailing, you know, how China was supposed to fall because of, you know, Tiananmen Square, this, this massive movement that occurred, right, in the 90s. And everyone was like, all right, this is it. It's over. They all decide to lay back, rest on the laurels. They go like, that's it. China has fallen. And then they run into the square with tanks mm-hmm. start crushing people. Right? And it came to this revolution. And it fits here. That with the right amount of will to do something, you can snuff anything out. We had the moment before to, with the right amount of will to snuff this problem out that we currently face, but we didn't hit it. I think everyone did not hit it. And so, what can I say? If a show got me thinking like that, I think it would be good. Devs, Apparitions, uh, you can find these on Amazon Prime and Hulu. I suggest watching mm-hmm. them. Try to keep your minds off. Oh, I've right been now. watching Don't disaster movies for some reason. That's another one. <laughs> I think that's just cathartic, though. You know, you watch it like you watch a disaster movie or a horror movie and you don't walk outside scared. scared. No, like, but I mean, oh, it was kind of like the dumb one. Like, like at least it's 2012. Not was it 2012? The earthquakes and stuff like that. That's a genius movie. That's Roland Emmerich's uh, greatest oh. disaster film. Also, disaster films is a genre. I think so. Dead, but like I said, I, I think I was just feeling like <laughs> I was feeling something. So we've been, yeah, I've been watching disaster movies. Those yeah. go figure. Um, and yeah, animation or anime. I there's there's some good anime out there that I recycle. That's what's been keeping me busy. I think my last recommendation before we sign oh, up yes. is The Leftovers. Um, the premise with 2% of the population disappears. Uh, if the analysis of COVID's uh, you know, mortality rate is at 2% and it reaches that point, a world looking like that, 2% doesn't seem like a lot. And in the grand scheme of things, it isn't. But 2% is just enough for everyone to go a little bit crazy about who's missing. That was a good show. <laughs> And I think Leftovers is done, all three seasons. It was on HBO. It will be on HBO Go and soon to be HBO Max coming out in May. So, you know, subscribe to something. Yeah, that's the other important thing is um, keep your mind off of what's going on. Otherwise, you will go stir crazy. I think that sounds about it. Uh, I want to do another episode later. We'll figure out uh, sort of what our sort of structure will be. For the most part, it's reform. I always want to give something to people for people to watch at the end. I feel that leaving it all on a nicer note is always good. And uh, eventually I'll do reviews on shows and things like that as time goes by because we have all time now. Um, But for this, I think we should sign off. Um, I'm Chris. I'm Mike. We're all like. <laughs> okay. All We're right. all like. We're all like. All right. And um, yeah. And I think I know everything. And I'm uh, pretty sure I can make everything as well. I think we'll find all out right. what else we know later. Good night.